Welcome back to Outside the Zone. This podcast is funded by one billion Gordon Hayward's U.S. salary. Doc, it's been a while. How's it going, buddy? Doing good, man. How about you? How's life down there in Texas? It's it's great. I'm hoping that it doesn't get too crazy here post Thanksgiving uh, traveling and all that, and everyone can have a safe, safe, healthy Christmas with their families. Yeah, I don't think we've talked since Thanksgiving, right? Which is how wild. was your feast? You Do you, you eat anything good? How was your feast? It was good. And guys, Doc has been giving me so much hate. Cranberry sauce and stuffing are the goaded Thanksgiving foods. And this guy says mac and cheese is one of his favorite Thanksgiving foods. You can get mac and cheese any time of the day. We're talking about Thanksgiving foods. What is the best to eat on Thanksgiving? And this guy just wants his mac and cheese. God, no, no. So, so there's a reason why cranberry sauce and what was other stuffing, there's a reason why those are only eaten on Thanksgiving. is because no one else wants to eat them any other day of the year. Mac and cheese is still a staple on on Thanksgiving, and it's a staple every other day of the year, too. So come on. Yeah, basic. Everyone, everyone yeah, basic. prefers. All right. Yeah, basic. I'm just a man, of, I'm a man of good taste. No, you're not. Yeah, but well, let's be real. We're not the Food Network here. People don't come to us for, for our takes on food. We're not experts. I mean, you eat pineapple pizza for crying out loud. So let's focus on what we do know. We know NBA basketball, and it's right around the corner, buddy. It is crazy. I mean, we just had a – we just finished the finals and usually we're we're getting to that time where we just like cringe and I'm like I'm missing NBA basketball so hard and that hasn't hit us and it's back. It's I'm so happy. You just it's Christmas Christmas every year. This is a real Christmas present now. Dude, and the slate for Christmas this year, like we don't have to watch teams like the Knicks anymore. It's legit all good games, all good teams. I'm sitting oh. in front of that I'm sitting in front of that TV all day. My family already knows. I'm just watching basketball for 12 hours straight that day. Finally, the NBA realized what they need to do and take the Knicks out of national broadcasts. But unfortunately, it's the year where they finally get Obi. It would have been fun to see him on Christmas, but the one year. Right, right, right. Let's it's jump okay, into I'm it, sure. though. Yeah, so last time we talked, it was uh, predicting for free agency. So we've had some crazy trades. We've had a pretty interesting free agency. I wouldn't say it was anything that was mind-blowing or extraordinary but there was a good amount of a good amount of deals that were surprises so i don't know do we want to just go through uh winners and losers of free agency what are your takeaways that's what you got big winner gordon hayward he got that money did you see there's only there's only three players in nba history that have contracts that average more than 30 mil a year and gordon hayward is one of them it's crazy jeez that is wild it is. So he got paid. He, I think we both agree he's a big winner there. So, so you're Gordon, telling me he's a top three player in NBA history. Does money lie? I think I think Mitch Kupchak's telling us that. Listen, Mitch, I mean, Mitch, he views what Timothy Mosk or Luol Deng, you know, at the Timothy end of his Mosgov prime. Too. Timothy Mosgov was another one, too. I mean, he pays those boys. You know what? He pays the boys. I, I wish – Listen, I wish I could play any some, any sort of basketball because I feel like he would pay me a good thirty million right now. But <laughs> I mean, I I aside from the money, obviously the money is a little bit of an overpay. But you're living in Charlotte, you're going to have to overplay guys, yeah. overpay guys. But I like the fit. I really do like the fit next to Lamelo. I think he'll be good for Lamelo to get that veteran presence. And if he plays like he did post injury in Boston, and obviously if he plays like Utah Gordon, that's per- the perfect guy you want next to Lamelo as Lamelo tries to learn the ropes of the NBA and really make an impact and 
Hayward's the exact kind of professional you'd want. I mean, I've said this before at the beginning of that boss at beginning at the beginning of the Celtic season this past year, he was the best player on that team until he broke his hand and everything. So listen, he's still an all-star caliber player in my book. You're right. They're going to have to overpay being in a small market like Charlotte. He's a, yeah, he's a great fit because he doesn't have a weakness. He can defend multiple positions. He can shoot, he can handle play, make, et cetera, et cetera. He doesn't really have a hole in this game. I love the fit too. Next to Lamelo, he can play on or off the ball. I think it'll be great. The only issue, obviously, is he's – I mean, you're going to be paying him, you know, 30 a year in his mid-30s. So it remains to be seen, you know, when that cliff will come for him and if he's still playing anywhere near the level that he's playing now. You know, so we don't know how bad the contract will look, you know, four, three years from now. But, yeah, I mean, I think this year right now, it's a great fit for Charlotte. No doubt yeah, about and it. Not- not even that cliff, just like he's been a little injury prone in Boston, the, the yeah. hand to the ankle. And I know they're not related injuries, but it's, that's just, that's even worse. I think when you, when he's getting all these little things that get him out for weeks and you have so much money locked up for him, but good on Hayward. I mean, get that bag. But I mean, if the Pacers just, were, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm just going to say, I know we both talked about him going back to, you know, Indianapolis homecoming for him and then Miles Turner going back to the Celtics. I know you were a little bit ticked off at Danny Ainge. I'm going to give you the floor. You can get off You you can get off whatever you need to off your chest. I know it's been bugging you for a while. Floor is yours, my friend. Thank you, man. I mean, that was you. just what I was going to get into. I need to rant. I'm sorry. I'm, I just – Danny Ainge, you are incredible at drafting. Like, Jason Tatum, amazing pick. Jalen Brown, great pick. People, people d- didn't like those picks when you first did it, and you went outside the box and you made some great selections. But, oh, my God, you are so picky and so bad at building your team. You had a chance to fix one of the biggest holes you had in your team at the center position, someone who can play both ends of the floor, spread the floor, and one of the elite rim protectors in our game in Miles Turner. And, okay, maybe Gordon Hayward wouldn't have signed with Indiana anyways, but you passed on that. You didn't want that. You're demanding Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner. Like, are you crazy? No one's going to do that, especially for Gordon Hayward, who's going to lead you guys anyways. He was going to leave anyways. Danny Ainge is a horrible team builder. Like, you need to fix these holes. You have these – you have three guys who are playing phenomenal. I know Kemba's – I don't know if Kemba's still considered in his prime, but you have Jason Tatum, who's – when Kemba was injured last year, was playing like an MVP player. Jalen Brown, who was one of the best two-way players in the league. Kemba Walker, who was an amazing point guard and was really great for Boston. And then you have this hole at center when Tice played well, but he's he's not the answer. He's, you still need a little more, especially when their rebounding was a big reason they lost to Miami and their inability to protect the rim, especially when they had Enos Kanter down there, down there for minutes against Miami or, or Tice. Like, Miles Turner is the exact fit, and you're going to be so picky to the fact where you're passing up an offer for someone who's going to leave anyways. It frustrates me so much, and yes – Tristan Thompson is a good signing. He'll be good for Boston, but what what are you thinking, Danny Ainge? I mean, who's they Doc, can you explain that at all? Good points. I'm not going to dispute anything you said. Listen, the only thing about the Hayward Indy thing is Hayward had a choice, right? Because he could have he could opt out, and so he had a cha- he had a choice. He didn't have to go to the Pacers, obviously. He didn't have to be part of a sign and trade. He ended up opting in, and that's what they did for, for Charlotte. So, But he had say here. So I'm thinking what could have happened. We both know there was mutual interest between the Pacers and the Celtics, right? Right. What could have happened is Charlotte called him, 
120 million. He knew he's not getting that anywhere, you know, any from anyone anywhere else, including the Pacers. And he's like, I got to take my money. That's right. the only defense I can think. Because if it was a situation where he was set to go to Indianapolis and Danny Ainge just didn't like the package coming back, which was something around Miles Turner, Doug McDermott, and maybe a pick or two. That's at least what I, what I've heard. Then I mean, you're on the money. Then you you can't defend that. I I have nothing you can say. Even though you got Tristan Thompson, et cetera, I think Miles Turner is just the better player at this stage. So, I mean, you're right. And I think really one trade has saved his entire you know GM career in in Boston, and that's that whole Brooklyn trade that he made years back. Right. All Joe or Paul Pierce, KG. And obviously that landed him Tatum and, you know, and Jalen Brown as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's tough to say with the information that we know, but it doesn't look good for him. Yeah, it's just, it's frustrating because you have so much talent there. They could be, they could be way better than they are and you're just not addressing your holes. And for someone who, and I get it, if, if Charlotte called and offered more money, then that deal was going to fall through. But that doesn't dispute the fact that he didn't want Miles Turner when it was presented to him because, he maybe he didn't value Miles Turner as much as someone should, or he was being way too picky and trying to get Victor Oladipo, which goes exactly to what he always does. He's way too picky. He was way too picky for Drew Holiday. He was way too picky for all the Anthony Davis. He like all these other stars that Boston had the assets to trade for. He did it, and when these picks, when these assets turn into actual picks and players, they lose value and. He's lost out on a lot of opportunity to make his team better and get another star because of that. And it's so frustrating. Yeah. I mean, for all the mistakes, he's, I mean, he's hit some of the biggest ones that he's had to Tatum. I mean, that's an MVP player for 10 years. Joe and Brown, in my opinion, that's an all-star player for another 10 years. Like those two by themselves are franchise. He drafts really well. He drafts really, really well. I'll give him that. I, I wouldn't even go that far. He hit on those two, but if you look at the other picks outside of Marcus Smart, it's not a, it's not a good draft record. So right. I but I mean, he, they're never they're never picking in top ten. He's getting players that can really yeah, really true. like help like Ojeway or Wanaker, random guys like that. You know. That's true. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you got your ran out of the way. I think we hit everything we needed to there. The Tristan signing was, was a good signing though for them. I, I, I really like the fit there. And I think you do too. You said rebounding was one of their biggest weaknesses. Tristan addresses that he's a, you know, a good defender as well. So I like the T. Yeah. Fit. And he can, he can switch on this, on the little guy, yeah. which means they can play small, which Boston will obviously be really good at playing small. So I'm really excited for Tristan there with Tatum. Yeah. And all right, let's shift a little bit to, to La La land. So, Lakers, I think we, t- we touched a little bit on, on Schroeder, I think, on our last pod, because that trade already went through, I believe, at that point. So Schroeder, Schroeder, we both like that move. The other big one they got, well, they got Wes Matthews, and they got Montrezl Harrell from the cross. Yeah, that, was a, that was a shocker for me. That really was, too, for me. And it was looking real bad for the Clippers, I thought. I thought the Clippers, like, what are they doing? They lost Rondo was, when, you know, one of the guys they went after. He went to the Hawks to be with Trey Young. I was like, who are they getting? They, you know, they signed Marcus Morris to sixty-four million dollars. Oh my goodness, dude! That that was I was shocked at that sixty-four. Especially when Marquise signed like a minimum deal. I mean, Marcus is the better player, but I don't think it's 
that big a gap in money. Right. I mean, that's what, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean, that's, yeah. And, like, you forgot and, to, I mean, I know you're going to get into the Clippers signing, but you forgot the Lakers' best signing, which is Marcus Gasol. I think that's huge for them. Oh, I, I completely, yeah. Marcus Gasol, again, like another guy who can just bang in the paint. And I think the big difference will be on offense, though, this year. Because with JaVale and Dwight, you know, if AD was playing at the four, AD didn't have that much space to operate in the paint because JaVale and Dwight have to live in the paint because they oh, can't shoot. Huge. Marcus All now, he has a jump shot. He can sit out. It's going to be huge for LeBron, for AD. Like, that offense will be even better this year. And he's and a he great need, passer, too. Right, and Marcus All won't, will be fine. Like, I mean, he's not going to just sit, but he's, he'll be fine just sitting in the three-point line. He's not going to demand to get post move, to put, get post opportunities and stuff like that. Like, he's a, he's a team player, and I think it'll be a really, really good fit. And, but, but, and if you yeah, put your bigger guy on AD, Marcus Hawkins still, he's still good enough at this stage in his career. We can just, he can still post up a smaller guy. He's a big dude. Right. I think losing yeah. Avery, Bradley, and then, I mean, Danny Green wasn't that good for them, but losing both Avery, Bradley, and Danny Green gives him, gives a lot of pressure on KCP to kind of play how he was in the finals, which who knows, they, he could be, but that's also a lot of pressure for him to continue that when he hasn't really shown consistency in his career. That's fair, but I, I did like the the West Math the West Matthew signing a lot. And right. interestingly, I, I was surprised when I read this last year. Schroeder actually shot a better percentage on spot up three pointers and catch and shoot three pointers than Danny Green did. So he's wow. another guy who can kind of give you that you know that spacing too. That's wild. Obviously, Come on, more often. Remember when? Right. Remember when Schroeder was in uh, Atlanta? Yeah. And he was the worst shooter that we've like just awful. That's that's just a, a testament to his work. I think. And I think yeah. I, I really want him to start. I don't want him to come off the bench. I think he'd be really good next to LeBron. Uh, I I, I kind of like LeBron playing the point, kind of like how they did last year. And then you have Schroeder and Harold, you know, just leading the bench. I don't That's know. true. Schroeder like and Harold, Schroeder and Harold leading the bench would be like the Lakers version of Lou Will and yeah, exactly. Will and Trez, which was an amazing bench. Yeah, interesting. That would yeah, we'll see. So yeah, go ahead. Clipper, go Clipper. So, so Clipper, all right, anything else on the Lakers before we jump to No, to I mean, Clippers? I think we all know that they're huge winners and they won yeah. a championship and then reloaded for sure, which is crazy to it's, think about. It, it's so rare that a team wins a championship and actually gets better the next year, you know? It's right. so rare to see that happen. So the Clippers, I thought their offseason was going nowhere. I thought it was, you know, they were going to be one of my biggest losers, you know, with everything that we talked about before. I love the Ibaka move. I absolutely Huge. love it. He's so underrated. He's, I mean, for me, he, that's a that's a much bigger signing. I think he's better at this point than Marcus Allers. Oh, agreed. So, I huge signing for them. He, I mean, he's he can guard AD. No one's shutting down AD, but he can like he's a guy that they can at least put on AD to bother him a little bit. He's still right. a great room protector, and he, you know he can shoot now too. I, I love that signing. And people act like the Ibaka's the – I mean, he is not the same as he was in OKC, but he's way more versatile. He can shoot yeah. better than he did at OKC, and he's still okay. a really good rim protector. He was – it's not like he was an old man Ibaka sitting in Toronto. He was really contributing to that team. Even when Marcus Sol started, he was coming off the bench. He played – he put up value, and even when he started, he was incredible at rim protection. So, And that's the Clippers' biggest weakness was rebounding and interior defense. You saw how much Jokic – um, um, destroyed the Clippers in that series, and they're in, like Zubac was just not the answer there, and, and Harrell obviously is not a good defender. So they were just people just attack the Clippers, and when you really cover up that weakness, it allows players like Kawhi and Paul George to really show who they are and really bring out the game where they're not trying to protect the rim on the other end as well. If Ibaka was playing for the Clippers last year, Clippers are not losing to Denver because he oh, puts right, up true. a much better fight, obviously against Jokic. 
And I mean that, yeah, that addressed their biggest weakness because they just could not afford, I think, to go another year with that roster. And because if they face Denver again, I mean, again, they still wouldn't have any answer for Jokic. It would be the same issue again. Right. And you know, possibly against like you know, AD is not as big as Jokic, but AD would still give them a lot of issues. So huge. Right. So, I mean, as we're talking about the Clippers, this is where I give you your space. I mean, you. there has been some serious rumblings this, over Twitter, over everything. Like, now I got, I got my Danny Ainge bent out of the way. The fans want to hear your turn. So, uh, so Paul George, Mr. Mr. George, he went on a rival podcast of ours, I believe, last week. You might have heard of it. It's called All the Smoke, hosted by... Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson, two former NBA players. Great podcast, by the way. If you're not listening to our, if you know, if you need another NBA podcast to listen to, go listen to theirs. It's pretty entertaining. Go listen to, you know, Paul George. And uh, I, I really hope you're as furious as I was when I was listening to that. So Paul George, I loved him in Indianapolis. You know, this is gonna, this is kind of gonna hurt me when I get this all off my chest, but. I mean, come on. After the postseason you had, you're going to go on two weeks before the season starts. You're going to go on one of the biggest podcasts, NBA podcasts out there, and you're going to talk about what went wrong. And when you're doing that, you're pointing fingers at everyone else except for yourself. You're the pointing the finger at Doc Rivers, who's not even your coach anymore. You're pointing your finger at him and being like, we didn't make adjustments. Oh, well, uh, who's your new coach, Paul George? Is it someone by the name of Ty Lue? Was he on that staff last year? So by criticizing Doc Rivers for not doing adjustments, who else are you criticizing? You're criticizing your current coach, Ty Lue. Well, uh, that probably cannot help for locker room chemistry, can it? Probably not. Oh, wait, that's another issue. Look at this report from the Athletic that came out around the same time too. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard getting all this preferential treatment, getting their own private security, them being able to rest whenever they want, load, load management, load manage however they want, practice however they want. So you're going to do all of that, and then you're definitely going to piss off Patrick Beverly, Harold, guys that work, guys that grind it out, that same group of guys who took one of the great, most talented teams in NBA history, the Golden State Warriors, with a Kevin Durant, two six games. And they, so they're not happy about it, and I can't blame them. Look at these guys getting everything they want. And then Paul George also talks about, we didn't practice enough. Well, golly, who was in charge of that? It doesn't seem like it was Doc Rivers' fault. It was your fault. It was Kawhi's fault. And you're pointing fingers at everyone else and not at you. Well, I hope you for doing that. It better mean you balled out in the playoffs. It better mean you were trying to carry your team all the way. One sec, let me look at these numbers. Was it you who shot in these games 4 out of 17 for 23%? The next game, 3 out of 16, 18%. 3 out of 14, 21%. 6 out of 19, 31%. 7 out of 19, 36%. 4 out of 10, 40. And then in a game 7, in a series, you were up 3-1 to a team that no one thought had a chance to beat you. You shoot four of 16, 
in a game seven <laughs> against the Denver Nuggets, whose best player is some overweight guy from Europe, and you give me 25% and you shoot two of 11 from the three point line, you. You don't even hit back. You hit the side of the rim on a three-pointer in a game seven, and you're going to go and criticize everyone else. And in game six, your plus or minus is negative 23. In game seven, you give us a negative 20, and you're going to go criticize everyone else? I mean, come on. it's, It's truly crazy to me that this guy has the audacity to go criticize everyone else. Doc Rivers, who I still think is a really good coach, who led this team minus this its two best players last year to a game six. He took off two games against Golden State. LeBron couldn't even get two games. And Doc Rivers was able to coach that team to get two games while LeBron couldn't get one the year before. And you're going to go, I mean, come on. At least Kawhi showed up in the playoffs. I mean, at least Kawhi played in the playoffs. This guy didn't even bother to show up. And he's going to go criticize everyone else. I mean, come on. I, I, I've i had it with this dude. And I rooted for him in Indianapolis. Phenomenal player. They're still a phenomenal player. But, I mean, that's you can't say that stuff. That's BS. Like, that's, that's the opposite of a leader. If you're going to talk, at least at least play on the court. This guy didn't do either in the playoffs. Don't say a word until you show us something. I mean, just a bum. That's, I mean, that's what his crub says. Come on. <laughs> man, yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy you got that off your chest. But, hey, man. And, no, LeBron... and one, thing, one thing, too. He criticized Doc Rivers. He, you know, he played me like J.J. Reddick. He played me like Kyle Korver, right? This was the most picket rolls that he ran in his career. What are you talking about? He literally played you to your strengths. You like being a playmaker? You like having the ball in your hands? Doc Rivers let you do just that, despite the fact you have a Kawhi in your team, despite the fact Lou Williams and all these other guys that can play too. And he allowed you to handle the ball the most you've ever done in your career. And you're going to go criticize that man and just say blatantly false things. Floor is now. It's open. Go for it. I mean. <laughs> hey, but hey, LeBron's a bad teammate, man. LeBron's a horrible teammate. <laughs> this just goes to show how much being a real good leader is important and hard. It is hard to be a good leader. and It's so easy to be the Paul George kind of the world where you just try to deflect blame. But the best players, there's a reason Paul George doesn't have a ring. And attitude... His talent is there. There has never been a doubt about his talent. His work ethic is there. There's never been a doubt about that. He came back from that injury, that awful injury in Indiana, worked his butt off, has been someone that can lead lead teams deep in playoffs. But recently, well, I don't know, the last couple of playoffs he's been in, it's been very disappointing. And the fact that he did all that you're saying is just ridiculous. And the fact Doc Rivers is a coach where you tell him something, He's helping you out. He's making sure you're happy. He's finding a way. So it makes me seem like he missed all his shots in the playoffs and then after the fact decided to call out everyone. And it's, it's just not how you win in this league. 
But yeah, is that you? You got it off your chest, man. I mean, I don't want to spend another second talking about that guy. He's not <laughs> worth my breath. He's not so worth my I, breath. Let's move on to fans. actual. Let's let's please move on to actual players who have some maturity. So not <laughs> Kyrie Irving either. I know the fans can't see the video right now, but Doc is visibly obsessed. I think he's a little more, little more razzled than I was when I accidentally picked Alec Burks in our redraft. So let's, let's, so let's move on to uh, the trade. It's a pretty big trade that happened. Russell Westbrook has been traded to the Washington Wizards in exchange for John Wong, a first-round pick. What do you think? Who won that trade? When we were talking about it, I was pretty surprised that, like, you were a little iffy. I thought it was a home run for Washington because, listen, we don't know what John Wall is. He hasn't played a game in, like, over two years. Oh, and, yeah, same. I agree. Yeah, so we don't know what John Wall is. And despite all the things that people say about what, what Russell Westbrook, despite all the faults in his game, I mean, come on, that's an all-star. That's a really good player. Like, you're getting an all-star, and there's no doubt about that. You're getting a, uh, an all-NBA player. There's no doubt about that. So, I mean, Russell Westbrook, even at John Wall at his peak, was never quite Russell Westbrook, you know? Like, he was always a notch below, right? I mean, Russell Westbrook is a former MVP. John Wall was an all-star. There's a gap. So, Washington is obviously getting a much better player who's – not coming off one of the worst injuries an NBA player can have and hasn't played in a couple of years and their contracts are a wash and all they had to do was give up a first round pick. This Washington team couldn't, I mean, I think they're, I'm pretty confident they're going to make the playoffs. So, oh, yeah. and I think depending on the matchup, maybe they make some noise in the first round, you know, maybe they play the Raptors and the Raptors just, they lost so much, you know, maybe they can at least extend the series a little bit. Maybe they can, you know, Maybe take a W in the first round. Who knows? But I think the East got more interesting because of this one. I think Washington definitely won that trade. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It was a huge win for Washington. I think John John Wall is such a big unknown, and you're able to get out of that and get a player who's going to help you right now. And they didn't make the playoffs last year, and Beal was pretty upset. You could tell that he wasn't an All Star. He didn't make. He barely made the. He just missed the playoffs. It was. It was a hard year for Beal, especially with the injuries and not being able to play in the bubble at all. So you need to make Beal happy, and I think Westbrook will make Beal happy, and I think Westbrook will really help take Beal's work ethic to a new level. I think Westbrook will help take pressure off Beal, who has kind of been the like I don't even I don't even remember the guys that were playing with Washington from the Bruce Browns of the world to whatever this this season. So now Beal Beal gets some guy who's going to take a lot of pressure. And it works perfectly because he's a Westbrook is a driver, Beal's a shooter. I think it's going to be really good for Beal's efficiency. So I'm really excited for that. And yeah, Houston, I definitely think that. I mean, we all agree Westbrook has lost so much value than compared to last year. And it's just I think everyone before a few teams knew, but now you don't agree with that. Westbrook lost value. I don't think he lost that much value. I mean, the contract is a, is a year less. There's a year less on the contract, and he had one of his best years of his career. I don't think okay, he lost okay, so that much value. Tell me how how Chris Paul was the one that – and the trade between OKC and Houston. Chris Paul, if you're – the team that got Chris Paul got all the assets because they were giving up Westbrook. But now you see how much Chris Paul was traded for versus what Russell Westbrook was traded for. Do you think Russell Westbrook didn't lose value and just, it was just Chris Paul's value that got up? Absolutely. Right? I mean, we saw at the end of Houston, like, everyone was down on Chris Paul, including myself. We, you know, in OKC, he really showed out. And so we saw the value uptick there, absolutely. 
it's yeah, more so about Chris Paul in that one. Because, again, like, you have – the biggest thing about Westbrook, obviously, is that contract, right? So you have one year less – one year less remaining on the contract, and he was still all NBA 13. It's not like he had a bad year. He had one of the best stretches of his career. Right. You know, I think the, after he had, all-star he was injured, break. injured no, I, hurt in the playoffs, and the, that's the ages coming through. I think that that's all seeping through exponentially for sure. But yeah, I I do love it. It's not gonna it's not gonna lead Washington into an Eastern Conference Finals, but it's gonna lead them to be relevant again, and that's what they need. They need. And that. has he ever played with like these shooters? Like, I know in OKC, he obviously. I mean, he had to play with like Andre Roberson for a while, Stephen Adams, you know. Oh, Westbrook with the Beast Bertans. That's what Brandon I'm saying. Yeah. And Rui. Ooh, I like that a lot. That's what I'm saying. He's got some shooter. I mean, Bertans is probably the undoubtedly the best shooter he's ever played with, straight up. Yeah, you know? Bertans is. I, I'm really happy that Washington re-signed him, especially now. It's a lot Washington. of money, though. It is a lot of money. Oh, man. They, like, I don't know. They are locked up. But I – if I mean, the thing is, they have a max. Their their max seed is probably, like, maybe four or five. And then their max getting – they're not getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, so, like you said, they can win in the first round. But I do. I, I like the team. It's a good, solid team. They have, they, have young, they have young assets that I really like, and it'll only get better. So what about Houston now? What do you think? Do you think yeah, man, it's I mean, only it's a ticking time clock on Harden, or do you think they can maybe keep him there? I think it's a ticking time clock. I mean, the fact that he has been in strip clubs instead of practice shows yeah. that he's out. And I mean, he did report today, so maybe he's maybe he's turned the corner. But I also think that he he knows he needs to be a good a good bat, human being, a good basketball player in order to get his trade value back to where it should be as well. So. It's probably a little bit of mind games on both ends, but I mean, I his, mean it, his trade value is still so high. It, you're right. I mean, this doesn't impact anything. His trade value That's is still true. so. But high. it's more of him, like a team wanting to give up a lot, knowing that he'd commit to their team. If if a team like not not the Nats or not the Seventy Sixers were to trade for him, they wouldn't do that unless they were pretty confident he'd be happy there and want to report there. You know. Yeah, and I think that's the whole thing. It's just like, how much do you? believe right in your own team and in your culture to be able to really bring him in and make sure he stays there for a while but he still has doesn't he still have another three years on his contracts or is it two yeah he's it's 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 a big contract so if, if, it's if, if you have him for three years you're fine like even if like he's not going to commit to you you have I him mean, for houston three does years. houston does yeah but he i'm talking about a team that's like can, like houston's not going to win anything even with them there this year they just don't have a team for it so i'm talking like a team a team like Miami, listen, I think it's a great fit because, I mean, they went wow. to the finals this year. I mean, Miami, strip clubs are plenty for James Harden. Wow. Why isn't any – they have assets they could do for him too and, and Tyler. So it'll – well, that's the thing. It'll come down to are they willing to give up guys like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, some of those young guys. Bam is they off the table. To. They're not going to Bam and Harden and Jimmy, that's a big three. That's how you win. Um, listen, and it seems like the type of move that Pat Riley would do, right? Especially when you have those other, like, good defenders around. I mean, they lost Crowder, which is big, but that you can Bradley, put around that big three. Iguodala. I don't, would, would Houston do it for, like, a couple – two first-round picks, Tyler and Duncan Robinson? I still don't think that gets the job done. I, I don't think so either, and I think the issue for the Heat is they just don't have that much draft capital because they've been trading a lot right. of their picks. So they don't really have the capital. Even for any first-round picks they might have, they're going to be late picks. So yeah, I don't I know if Tyler Hero – I don't know if that's enough. So the other ones – again, it's it's hard because, I mean, he, we both love Tyler Hero. Like, he's going to be a star. 
Right. But again, there's levels to this, right? If I'm, I still think the team that makes the most sense for Houston is, is Philly and getting Ben Simmons, right? right? I, I know you would love it getting Ben in Houston. I mean, that's just the best player I feel like they can get for Harden. And you can still get like more young prospects. Tybal is another guy you can probably land and maybe a couple picks. Yeah, so. Tybal, Tybal, Ben, two first round picks for Harden. That's like a win win for both teams. Throw in PJ Tucker, too. I mean, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that, that's way more of a win for Philly. But, yeah, that'd be just an awesome trade. But, yeah, we went into all the potential scenarios last podcast, so we won't bore you guys with all that again. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where he winds up. I Do you think he'll be traded before the season starts? I don't think so. I uh, Again, because I don't think it's like they have to trade him right now. His value is not going to go down. They have time. They can wait until the perfect offer comes. So I feel like they're going to hold him. Right, and I think John Wall, John Wall, P.J., Harden, DeMarcus Cousins. I love Christian Wood for them. Like, I mean, they're, they're not going to win win it, but I mean, I don't see how it's going to be that much different than last year. I think they can definitely some, still be a top seed. I mean, we know how good Harden is. <laughs> I listen. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a big drop off from Russell Westbrook to to John Wall, and we don't even know what DeMarcus Cousins looks like. So I, yeah, I'm not I thinking know. of DeMarcus Cousins. Right. So I don't know, man. But regardless of that, I think yeah. I mean. Ugh. It's it's going to be interesting, especially. Oh, it's a lot of banking on Wall being able to play it, consistently. I know we don't want to talk about trade scenarios, but I'm I'm going to throw one more out there. Not a scenario, but a question for you. If you're Denver, are you willing to give up Michael Porter Jr. in a trade for Harden? Yes, and I, if they aren't, that's just stupid. I mean, yeah, I get it that you think he's going to be really good, but also, do you really think he's going to be like the next? Harden or next LeBron or anything like that. No, and you're holding him off. You then at that point you're saving him for a chance to get a Jamal Murray, James Harden, Jokic, like big three. You take that in a heartbeat, even if you're losing some future. James Harden's young still. Jamal Murray's young still. Yo, like they would they would be a super team. Oh my god, that like and that's that. I mean, if you're not getting us any other stars, that's a pretty good deal for. Houston, too, to get Michael Porter Jr. It's a little risky because you don't know how he will be on his own team, but you're getting assets, and I'm sure Denver will throw in some good guys. And it just depends on if Harden likes the strip clubs in Denver. I feel like that might be a no, but yeah. I've never been to Denver, so I don't know. And... I mean, we've seen he wants Brooklyn, Philly. Right. He loved Houston, so, I mean, those are three right. pretty you know, strip club scene. In the, yeah, Atlanta, yeah. the strip club scene is there is pretty good. So I don't know about Denver. He might be pretty upset about that. Yeah, Denver might not work out for that reason. But did you did you see the ESPN ranking list today where they ranked their hundred to fifty one guys? In I the saw league? some highlights. I gotta delve into it deeper, but I saw some highlights. So Michael Porter Jr. was ranked fifty one. He was ranked above someone like Demar Derozan. Right. Okay. So let me. I mean, I'm not agreeing with that. I think Derozan is a better player than Michael Porter Jr. It's not but close. What What they're doing, and this is a, this is a flaw, and it's stupid on ESPN's part to do it like this, and they run into this problem every year. But what they do is they rank on projecting what how this player will contribute to their team's success in 2021. That's how they vote, and that's how it's ranked. So if you're talking about that, I get why DeMar DeRozan isn't ranked that high. I get why Lonzo Ball is ranked a lot higher than someone like DeRozan because Lonzo Ball is not a starting point guard. He was he was a starter, but now he, he was really good last year, and now he's going to be the main point guard there with that. Like, I don't know why ESPN should just rank it based on which players are best now 
because the way they do it, but I think they want, I think they want interaction and they want the clicks and stuff like that. But they shoot themselves in the they shoot themselves in the butts every time because, and that's not even a term, but whatever, we'll just ignore that. <laughs> they, they 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 rank they do it based on how they project these players will contribute to their team's success. But and in that case, I kind of I mean, it's obviously not fifty to eighty, but I get it. Even if it's like that, I'm taking DeRozan a hundred times out of a hundred times over Michael Porter Jr. for this year, no question. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you there. So, sweet. Well, yeah. So this has been another great pod, and I think we'll 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 do another one right before the season starts with our predictions, the ones where I always have all the right answers, and Doc always has all the wrong answers. So we'll do more money last year, boy. <laughs> and I did because I predicted the Lakers won the championship. You well, I got the I got the standings. So. Yeah, well, you got you got, you picked someone to be the third seed, and I picked them to be the second seed. Oh, poor me! You can brag about that one, okay? <laughs> so we know that most important is awards and winners. So I got that in the bag for sure. All right, so tune in next time. Let us know anything you guys want us to talk about. And as always, this has been outside the zone. Peace.